What's up, you crazy bastards? Welcome to another week of E-Crime Bites. This is where I research the court documentation and roast the criminal so you don't have to. All right, so this week I've been bringing you, this is season three, episode eight. This is the biggest CIA data breach. And now I had a little plot twist for you, okay? There was a plot twist. There was more than the CIA data breach. And I, I talked all about it in Act 1. You're actually jumping in on Act 2 right now. Now, I know there are some people that are like, I need to see the beginning of this. And that's how I would do this. And I do recommend you do that that way. And I'm going to put a link here on YouTube so you can just click on it and go back and watch everything. If you decide to move on, let me give you the real quick tour of what happened in Act 1, just so you can understand what happens here. Now, we have this individual. His name is Joshua Schultz. S-C-H-U-L-T-E. I'm just going to call him Joshua from now on. That's what I've been calling him. Now, Joshua, he worked at the CIA. Specifically, he worked on computerized tools to break into other people's networks. So you can imagine at the CIA, he'd make the things that spies would use to break into terrorist organization networks and computers in order to get information from them for intelligence purposes, or maybe shut something down for war purposes. or th Those are the type of tools that Joshua's group makes. Now, he's working there, and he's a software developer, but they're like, hey, you need to do this other stuff and help us with this backup server. Here's some administrative privileges. He's like, sweet, thank you. He gets in an argument with one of his employees, or his coworkers, not, he didn't have somebody under him. It was just a coworker gets in an argument and apparently doesn't like how management handled it with him, which is they take him and they move him to another group. When they do that, they take away some of his access on the network. He decides he doesn't like that. So he gets his access back. Um, one time specifically, it was by, Get going in when he had access and creating another account that people didn't know about. So that way, when they took away the original account, he had this other one waiting in the wings over here and he jumped on it was like, look at me, nobody sees me now. And he goes to the backup server, grabs all the backup data for all the tools that this group has written. So you can imagine any offensive and probably defensive capabilities of the United States CIA cyber security tools are now in Joshua's hands. Not only the ones he wrote, but all everybody else has written. And he, what do you think he does with it? He goes straight to WikiLeaks and he gives it to them. And then he quits. He quits the CIA because he's pissed off at how management dealt with that dispute with him and the other employee. And WikiLeaks publishes all the Vault 7 and Vault 8 information out there. So now this, all this information out there in public and the government goes, oh, shit, we got a leak. Not just a leak. We got the biggest leak of the CIA of all time. And they look at it, and they did some correlations. And they said, you know what? This looks like this comes from a very specific server, a backup server. There's only a couple of people that have access to that backup server. And they went and they pulled that list. And then they took that list and compared it to the actual data that was leaked. And they said, huh, wait a minute. There's one person missing from the data that's leaked publicly. And that's Mr. Josh. 
So Josh took himself out of the data when he leaked it to WikiLeaks. So it made it almost obvious, I think obvious, that it was him when the CIA looked at all the people in the data and went, there's only one person missing. It's Josh. And so now they're on Josh's, they're on, <laughs> they're on to Josh. They know it's Josh. So there's a search warrant that happens at Josh's apartment and they got a lot of computer evidence and they were looking for this whole classified thing and they go, Oh my God, this guy's really into child porn. Uh, everybody really into child porn. He's got like 3000 images, just tons of child porn, not questionable child porn, like really young child porn, bestiality, and just S and M and just all sorts of stuff. You, the average person should not have on their computer. Josh had it all and he encrypted it amongst all these layers of encryption, but because he, because he reused passwords and wrote them down and put them on his phone and places that the feds got them later on in the search warrant, they, they put these passwords in and they got into these encrypted areas and they saw this child porn and they were like, holy shit. Okay. Okay. Now we got child porn charges coming at this guy. And there's one other charge copyright infringement because this motherfucker had a server of pirated movies and TV shows. And I'm sure he had Dharma and Greg and all this other stuff on there. Well, they charged him with that too. So there were a series of indictments that came out and they were like, ah, it was something like 15 counts. It was so many counts that I couldn't even read them all to you. I put them on your screen. They, they threw everything at him. And a lot of them kind of sounded alike. I gotta, I gotta be honest. They kind of sounded like a lot of the charges, but they threw the book at him. So they arrested him and like a normal, I use air quotes here, but a normal criminal, they let him on, on bail for a little bit and he violates his, his probation or his, his bail conditions, which was don't use a computer for anything except your defense. And it sounds like he was out there surfing porn and going on the dark web and doing all sorts of shit he shouldn't have been doing. And they were like, you buddy, you're going to be back in jail until trial now. And so now he's sitting in jail and he's like, fuck, now what do I do? Okay. And I left you on the fact that he accidentally, maybe on purpose, who knows, he's now representing himself. I don't even want to go down that tangent anymore. He's representing himself and he filed a motion that has classified data in it <laughs> to the public. And so the government went, oh my God, see, judge, this is why we said, don't let this guy represent himself because he would fuck up like this. And he did. There's classified data now in the public court record that they had to go out and remove and all that kind of stuff. So they did that. And you can imagine Josh did this while he was still in jail. And you would think, oh God, that's the worst Josh could do. No, no, it isn't. Because now because of all this shit, they're like, we got to search what he has access to. If he's, if he's releasing stuff from jail, we gotta, we gotta see what he has. So on October 3rd of 2018, they have a search warrant to search his shit at jail. And you would think at jail, you could actually just search it because they're prisoners, but there's actual search warrant. Apparently I, this is new to me that they filed and the judge signed off on and it was, it sounds like a cell and, or a former cell of Josh. Now he made physical handwritten notes, apparently a lot of notes, like 300 pages of notes. And in some of these notes, he admitted to using contraband cell phones in jail. So Josh is behind bars using phones, not supposed to be using cell phones. Okay. But using phones, all contraband. So 
these pages also had these passwords. I know. I talked about them earlier. I know it's a little bit of a repeat. Horse and, horse and cart thing here. I had to tell you earlier that he had passwords because this is what they used to break into things like his desktop and all that kind of stuff. So they also found some other stuff where he's making documents purportedly from FBI agents. These are like fake documents, by the way. From these fake FBI agents intended for WikiLeaks that look like they're whistleblowers from inside the FBI that are like, hey, Josh is not responsible for all this stuff. The FBI's got this wrong. So what Josh is trying to do is make this fake scenario of this FBI whistleblower sending things to WikiLeaks to try to get the public off of his trail that he was the one that leaked into WikiLeaks. This is only going to hurt him because they're going to charge him with this shit later on. Now, they also find the contraband cell phones. <laughs> okay. I know you have a lot of questions about that. I do too. I do too. Hold on a second. I got a picture for you. No, you know what? I'll give it to you now. I'll put the picture on the screen for you now, and I'll, I'll finish talking about my thought here. You can see this picture. I know he has a cell phone in prison because this is a picture of him in prison with a cell phone in his hand. Now, I had a lot of questions about this picture. I couldn't exactly tell you who took it, but I think it's another inmate. I think it's another inmate taking a picture of Josh on a cell phone to have his evidence against Josh if he were ever needed, which then begs the question, there's another inmate out there that has another cell phone that's using it, right? Right? I would. That's what I'd be thinking as an investigator. Okay, so you can see him on the cell phone. While he's on this phone, he actually accessed ProtonMail, which is an encrypted mail service from this phone and, and other phones that he had access to. And we know this because later on, agents get this these these encrypted emails and then they use the passwords in his notebooks and decrypted them and saw all the contents of the emails. This was next level. This is next level. He created covert partitions on these laptops he was given to use for his court research. Now, if you don't know what that means, if you open up your computer on a Windows computer and you see the C colon, and then you see a D colon, those are partitions. What he did is he created one of those, but it doesn't show up. It's only hidden. Only he knows about it. And he's hiding stuff there. I don't exactly know what he hid there, but they know that he put something there and that it was encrypted. All of that on a court computer, okay? This is not his computer. He went on a court-provided computer and did this shit on there. So this is something he's not supposed to be doing on a court computer, and this is this is going to also be wrapped up in all those many, many charges that I read to you. Now, Josh, he didn't stop there. He wanted to make what he called a quote-unquote information war. He himself wanted to make a whole information war against the United States government. Okay, and he's going to do that with his contraband cell phones, literally, his contraband cell phones in prison that he used to create anonymous encrypted email and social media accounts. So basically, he can use these accounts to then make more postings like he did with WikiLeaks and stuff prior. So if you take nothing from that, if you take nothing at all from that, just think that Josh is sitting in jail 
being tried for the very thing he's doing while he's in jail and not supposed to be doing while he's in jail, which is trying to create this information war against the United States government. Now, he did. He wanted to to publish his quote-unquote manifesto. Now, I'm sorry I did not find his manifesto, but when I saw the manifesto, two people came to my mind immediately. One was Ted Kaczynski, and the other was Timothy McVeigh in the Oklahoma City bombings. And I'm like, this is the level person I'm thinking about with with this manifesto because no normal person ever has a manifesto. You're never like, hey, I'm going to go hang out with Greg on the boat and go crabbing later. Well, what are you guys going to talk about? Oh, I brought you my manifesto. I'm sorry, your what? My manifesto. You have a manifesto. Yes, and that's the point where you stop being friends with that person because anybody who has a manifesto, there's, there's no good purpose for a manifesto, okay? So he wanted to, quote, unquote, break up diplomatic relationship, close embassies, and U.S. occupation across the world. This is his information war he wanted to plan against the United States. Now, they did verify that he successfully sent emails containing classified information while in jail about the CCI development network and the number of employees and the CIA cyber intelligence group and all shit that he should not be saying to a reporter. He emailed to a reporter. So yeah, he did. He didn't stop while he was in prison and they saw that he didn't stop. Now, there's a period of a long period of time, you know, in SpongeBob where they're like two years later and they do dot, dot, dot. There's one of these in the court documentation where it's just motion after motion after motion to try to suppress this and suppress that and expert witness this and expert witness that there, there were literally, I'm not exaggerating. There were thousands of documents in this case. There were over a thousand documents that I had to go through to find the right ones to bring you this case. And I hope you appreciate that, by the way. I try to pick out the things that you're not going to see in the news. And I know what the news reports on, and I know the fun things, and I try to pick out the fun things, and I, I hope that's why you come to these videos. So all these motions that go by, but there's one very mo important motion that I, I, I touched on. I just touched on it earlier. And I said that he, he represented himself, okay? He represented himself. And you can't just go in and say, I want to represent myself. And the court's like, sure, go ahead. There's a whole motion process that goes and the government rightly so is like, we don't want him representing himself because he's going to fuck up. And when he fucks up, he's going to be like, I accidentally fucked up and I, somebody should have stopped me. Somebody should have stopped me from fucking up. And the government's like, we don't want him doing that. So let's make sure he has an attorney. And then the, then the court listens to Josh and Josh is like, you know what? I'm, I'm a fucking genius. I am a genius and I can handle this all myself and I should be able to represent myself because only I can represent myself. I know the classified stuff, right? I know it. So let me represent myself. And the court went back and they were probably like, we don't really want to let him represent himself. Can any, please, can anybody please stop me? Stop. <sighs> okay. You can represent yourself. And Josh was probably like, yeah, yeah, yippee. And the government was like, fuck, fuck. Okay, so Josh just immediately comes out and starts just acting like crazy man 
with all his motions and stuff. You saw the picture earlier, right? He had the beard. He had the Ted Kaczynski beard in jail. So I imagine he did not look presentable. And he just starts going crazy with the motions. And immediately, I know I'm reading this in the paper and I can't see this. I can't see the court, but I'm trying to envision it so I can give you a picture. And the only picture I could think of that you would agree with me on is Charlie. Charlie from It's Always Sunny when he does his proofs, his lawyer proofs. This is what I imagine Joshua does throughout his case and all these goddamn motions. And most of the motions, the court's like, oh, God damn it. Oh, okay. How long is this going to take? All right. Oh, yep. Yep. Keep, keep talking. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Oh, oh, denied. Denied. What's your next motion? Oh, shit. All right. Okay. Keep going. Yep. Denied on that one too. And they just kept doing it over and over and over. At one point, all those counts that I told you about actually get separated and he gets separated into two trials and it becomes the classified secrets trial. That's trial number one. And that's a longer trial because there's, there's a lot more data involved with it. And then there's trial number two, which is the child porn trial. And that's pretty much just the images and videos. And I don't mean to say just as in it's minimized, but meaning it's only those files being used in that trial. So they separated the two trials. Now, this is important to lawyers because they had to have certain teams and certain lawyers working on certain things. Not important to us. Okay. So in your mind, just think he's still getting charged with all the same shit but it's being charged across two different trials. I have the verdict forms of both. I had to explain to you there are two trials because when I showed you two <laughs> verdict forms from two different trials, you'd be like, what, what, why is this? Okay, so in trial one, we have, remember, this is the one that is all the classified docu documents. This is the theft of classified documents. So he represents himself. And I'm sure that goes about as horribly as all the other motions that I read from him. He probably was up there and was like, I'm the smartest person in the world. And the government was like, uh, not at all. Here's some evidence. And then Josh was like, yeah, but I want to overthrow the government. And then the jury comes back and slides a verdict for him that I'm putting on the screen now, which is count one, illegally gathering of your classified information, guilty. Count two, transportation of it, guilty. Count three, transmission of it guilty count four more transmission of it guilty and josh i imagine at this point was probably just like oh god damn right count five unauthorized access to a computer obtained classified information guilty count six another similar charge guilty count seven another similar charge guilty count eight another guilty and here's where we get to a little bit of a difference. Obstruction of justice. Guilty on that one too, my friend. Oh gosh. So that's count nine that they went through. And Josh probably sat down and was like, holy shit, I just got my ass handed to me. I was found guilty on every single count, all counts, counts one through nine. What else could go wrong? Well, you know what? I have a second trial coming up. Maybe I should get my own. I'll get a lawyer on this one. And from what I could tell, he did. He got a lawyer and it sounds like the lawyer worked him through it. Now, the first trial went from June to July of 2022. And so that is what it was like just over a month. And in trial terms, that's 
that's that's a pretty long trial. Anything where you have multiple weeks, that's a pretty long trial. Normal trials are usually only a few days, and that's what his child pornography trial ended up being. It ended up being two days. Specifically, it was September 12th through 13th of 2023. Now, I imagine he he was like, I got a lawyer. My lawyer, I got a lawyer on this one. They're going to get me out of this. They're, they're definitely going to get me out of this. And the government went up there and were like, hey, uh, here's thousands and thousands and thousands of videos of child porn, my friends and the jury. You must convict him. And there was probably pretty much nothing you could say because he was like, it was an encrypted folder. And the government was like, but you needed your password to get into it. And he was like, fuck. Okay, well, it was in a encrypted home directory. And they're like, but it was your home directory and you needed your password to get into it. And he was like, fuck. Okay, but it was in a encrypted virtual machine. And they're like, but it was your virtual machine and you needed your password to get into it. And he's like, fuck. Right. And now he comes out and they slip the verdict form in the child, child porn case over. And he's like, fuck again. He's guilty on all three counts. Count one was received child pornography. Count two is possession of child pornography. And count three was transportation of child pornography. So very, very stiff counts. And I had to pause because I just used the word stiff accidentally. And I know people will probably point that out in the comments if they watch this far. All right. So that was trial number two. And so you can imagine Josh sits down and he's like, okay, so I was found guilty on everything. I gambled. I gambled. I thought maybe, maybe I'd be found not guilty on something, but no, I found found guilty on everything, both trials. And so the defense says, we don't have much to stand on here, but we'd really only like 108 months of imprisonment. And I had to grab my calculator and quickly do the math. Nine years. I was like, that's really late. You really, you think you're going to get nine years for classified information? Hey, more power to you. And they said, hey, how about five years of supervised release? And I thought, motherfucker, you are caught with child porn. You need to be on life supervised release, okay? you If you ever get out of prison, you need to be on a registry that gets delivered to everybody's doorstep, okay? All right? And then the defense sits down and the government stands up and they're like, we only have one thing to say. We just, we want life. We want life. And I was like, okay. I wonder how this is going to play out. So you imagine this is where the judge has to consider all the evidence and the, you know, the fact that he's found guilty and victim impact statements. Now there's victim impact statements here and there's one really important victim impact statement. I'm going to read you in a second. And then there's a bunch I'm going to skip over. And the ones I'm going to skip over were the child pornography victims. And they all had letters, it sounds like, and they were redacted in the court documentation, Thank, I think, thankfully. But I do want to acknowledge that they had their, their points heard, and they should in this case. Now, there's another point that's heard here. This is probably the... Highest up victim impact statement I've read in any of these cases. This is from the deputy director of the CIA to the judge about the sentencing in this case. And I'm just going to read it in its entirety. It says, I'm writing to offer the views of the Central Intelligence Agency regarding the impact of Joshua's crimes on the agency, including the damage to the agency's work, 
its workforce, the U.S. national security. I should have put an and in there. I apologize. And U.S. national security. Because significant aspects of the harm Joshua caused cannot be. Now, I got to say, they didn't call him Joshua, but I'm, I've we've become close enough now that I can call him that. So he goes on to say, because the significant aspects of the harm Joshua caused cannot be captured in an unclassified submission, meaning I cannot put it into this letter because he stole some bad stuff. He goes on to say, I am appending to this letter a classified statement from this other director of CIA's Center for Cyber Intelligence that I imagine the judge could read and probably weigh in his decision. So the letter continues and it says, at an unclassified level, I can confirm that the crimes committed by Joshua caused exceptionally grave harm to U.S. national security and the CIA. As a criminal trial established, Joshua is directly responsible for the largest data breach in CIA history and one of the largest unauthorized disclosures of classified information in the history of the United States. His actions cost the agency hundreds of millions of dollars, degraded its ability to collect foreign intelligence against America's adversaries, placed directly at risk CIA personnel, programs, and assets, and jeopardized U.S. national security by disregarding the CIA's ability to conduct its mission. In short, Joshua's actions inflicted heavy costs on the United States. Thank you for considering this information as you determine a just and appropriate sentence for the crimes Joshua committed against the United States. And this is from the deputy director, CIA. I, this is just one big fuck you letter to Joshua. So I thought when I read this letter, I thought there's no way he's not getting life. He's getting life. If the director, the deputy director of CIA is personally writing a letter about you getting fucked over in prison, you know, you know, you're getting a stiff sentence. No pun intended. Again, I, I mentioned prison and stiff, but you know, you're getting a stiff sentence. If this letter's coming down, right? So the judge gets this and there's still a sentencing hearing and Joshua gets to speak on his behalf. Now, this case is fresh enough that I can't get to the actual transcript where Joshua said this. So I only can rely on news. So I pulled the news take on what happened here. And you know me, if you've been around on, on my episodes, I very, very rarely will quote the news. Usually it's just when the criminal says something, I will quote them. And in this case, I'm going to quote the news because it paints what happens in the courtroom and you will understand why at the end here. So here we go. This is from the New York Post and they said, an ex-CIA computer whiz convicted of leaking an arsenal of government hacking tools and possessing a trove of child porn was hit with a 40-year sentence. Shocking, by the way, you're going to find out it's a 40-year sentence. Thursday, after offending a New York judge by comparing conditions at Brooklyn lockup to those at a Nazi concentration camps. Yes, this motherfucker actually went in there and compared what happened in World War II to what he was put through in the United States justice system. I imagine that didn't go well. And it didn't, according to this news this news article. It said that Josh described a special unit for dangerous inmates at Brooklyn's Metropolitan Detention Center 
as, quote-unquote, New York City's very own Auschwitz. And, quote-unquote, something that only the SS could come up with in references to the notorious Nazi death camp and Adolf Hitler's army, which murdered 6 million Jews in during World War II. During the 29-minute speech at his sentencing hearing in Manhattan Federal Court, and I got to pause there, I imagine his attorney the whole time was like, shut the fuck up, sit down, sit down, shut the fuck what are you doing, stop, shut, stop. And Joshua just kept going on. I was like, yeah, yeah, and you are Nazis. And his attorney's like, oh, my God, you're going to get a bad sentence. You're going to get a bad sentence. And they probably thought it was life when he was talking, and it, it didn't. You heard it didn't. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But to continue on with this article, it says, Joshua also read a quote out loud from famed South African activist and politician Nelson Mandela about the perils of solitary confinement and claimed that he was forced to live in a quote-unquote torture cage. Oh, man. The news article says, but at no point in this half-hour-long hour address did Joshua take responsibility for the crimes he was convicted of, which was brazenly leaking government secrets to the website WikiLeaks to settle a petty office score and storing more than 3,000 videos of child porn on his computer. So either one of those, Joshua, you're you're a douche, buddy. <laughs> you take either one of those crimes and it's like your life's over. And so they said, the judge was quoted as saying, I am blown away by Joshua's complete lack of remorse before he announced the sentence. And he goes on to say, that Joshua comparing the conditions at Brooklyn lockup and defense attorneys, they say, yeah, it is poor. It is poor. But the judge said to compare that to the third Reich was taking things a bit too far. And yes, yes, I would say a very large portion of the population would say that was, that was too large of a comparison for your case, Joshua. The judge says to compare yourself to victims of Nazis is offensive. So then the judge goes away and I'm reading this article and I'm like, okay, all right. He's going to come back with life or at least like 80 years, right? And like maybe just give him a little sliver of his life. Judge come back and goes, aha, 40 years. And I was like, 40 years, 40 years for child, 40 years would be all right for child porn <laughs> alone. But it was 40 years for child porn and the classified stuff combined. So he got away with a lot of egregious stuff for, in my opinion, only 40 years. And he will be on a term of supervised release of life, which thank God, because when he's unfortunately let out in 40 years and going back probably to find child porn, at least we can monitor him for the rest of his life and hopefully catch him again. And hopefully he won't be in for 40 years. He'll be in for longer next time. Now, he has all the usual supervised relief conditions. I'm just going to summarize them for you, okay? This I'm just paraphrasing. Hold on a second here. <sighs> Joshua, no kids, okay? You're not allowing around kids. You had child porn, no kids at all. In fact, here's another condition. No porn. No porn at all. No adult porn. Nothing. No porn at all. And I thought, right there, you're going to break this, Joshua, because this is the first one you broke. I know you broke this one earlier. This is what put you back in jail. And the court goes on and says, you, can know, you can't use computers anymore 
for any type of fun. Okay. We took away your porn, any other fun, just take that away too. You only can use computers to maybe do your taxes. You know what? Fuck that too. You, you're going to do your taxes. You're going to do your taxes on paper the hard way. You can only use computers to register for the sexual registry, the sexual offender registry. That's the only reason why you can use a computer. You can get online and register. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm sure it went something like that. And then they went on and they, they label a ton of counseling that he has to take just a ton. And I hope he takes it while incarcerated and while, if he's let out, that's it. My folks, that's the end of the case. Okay. So some final thoughts here, final thoughts. Okay. Child porn. Oh my God. I did not see that coming. Okay. <laughs> I read this. I read this. I was like, classify, 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 cl child porn. Where did that come from? And it ended up being a very large part of this case. And I think the investigators probably felt the same way. They were looking for classified stuff and they went, Oh God, child porn. And kind of like Al Capone he got charged with tax evasion. They were like, child porn's important too, my friends. Let's charge them with that. So they added that to all the classification charges and you know, they, they just went to town and you saw they went to town because Joshua represented himself in the lion's share of the court process, which was a bad idea. This is generally a bad idea for anybody ever. Okay. Just, just don't. You saw there was one spot where he was like, I'm going to make a motion on my bail. And then the other people were like, you just published classified material accidentally, or maybe on purpose in that motion. And Joshua was like, fuck. Right. I mean, that's what happens when you don't hire a lawyer. That that's the type of thing that happens. This case had 1,129 court documents when I researched it. Oh my God. So I looked at well over a hundred documents, well over a hundred documents in here. And I read well over a hundred documents from beginning to end. So I hope you appreciate the detail I put in. I know if you've, if you follow this case, it's a popular case. If you follow this case and you've, you're like, why didn't you talk about this other thing or talk about that other thing time? Okay. I try not to make these things too long because I try to make them into bites so you can listen to them one week and they take me a lot of time to produce. So I try to only give you the important stuff here. And to me, it was the, um, the child porn and the classified stuff and the relevant, maybe funnier aspects of those, of him reusing his password and them being able to break in. You know, I, I find that almost humorous that somebody in cybersecurity wrote down his passwords and investigators could just use that to break in. Okay. So the sentence, the sentence didn't sit right with me. Eh. I have friends that work in the classified environment and if they were put in jeopardy because of this dude and then I heard this dude only got 40 years, I would feel pretty not okay about that. So this felt really light to me. Yeah, I know it might have been heavy for eh, maybe not production of child porn, but having child porn 40 years is a lot. But 40 years when you add child porn to the classified, that feels really light. I mean, it feels like he should have been well over 60 at least. But that's just my opinion. Ugh. This last this last point is also my opinion, which is my impression is this guy is a douche. All around, just a douche. From reading what he wrote when he represented himself in the court documents to 
him thinking he wanted to represent himself. Usually that's a very douchey move to just everything. He just seemed like he was a douche. And maybe that that alone should warrant this guy to have a longer sentence. If you if you didn't care about anything else I said, just remember he was a douche and that should have given him more than 40 years, right? So with that, please like, follow, thumbs up, subscribe, whatever it is on your app that you're watching me on. That positive affirmation, that puts this video in front of other people. And I know you might not think it, even just one like, that one like where you don't have to spend any money just clicking it probably will boost this video up a hundred viewers easily, easily. It happened last week when I mentioned this, I saw more likes on it and immediately my videos took off and it amazed me. And I have to thank you for that. Thank you so much for doing that. So if there's anything you want to do, please like subscribe and follow. And if there's anything extra, show a friend that you think might like true crime where the guy's obviously not that serious. You know, I talk about the real aspects of the case, but the conversations I make funny and stuff like that. If you think they might like this, feel free to put this in front of them. Hopefully they'll like it too. And they can join us every week on one of these episodes that we've been doing. So with that, I'm not even going to give you a preview next week. And if you're like, oh God, I really like those previews. The reason why is because I did it a couple weeks ago and I couldn't cover the case and I've been still feeling rotten about it. And I don't want to do that again. So I'm going to keep it to myself, but I'm going to guarantee you that every case every week is going to be as cool and as fun, hopefully, as the case that we do this week. And even when it has child porn, I try to skirt around the issue of it being child porn and just talk about the fact that it was another crime in the case and it affected him. So hope you come back next week and we'll pick up a new case and we'll see you then. Thanks. Thanks.